Is church attendance necessary in order to be a Christian? Have you ever thought about that or wondered about that? Well, I can tell you in the last three-ish years, I have heard this question more times than I can count. People wondering, is it necessary for me to physically attend church in order to be a good Christian? And especially uh, during COVID and after with the like boom of technology and the ability to basically uh, watch a service anywhere on the world, a lot of people are wondering, like, do I actually need to attend in-person church? And so I thought this would be a great topic to tackle on the podcast today. Welcome to Your Bold and Courageous Life, the go-to podcast for the Christian woman who wants a closer relationship with God. I am so glad that you are here. Do you want a relationship with God that's deep, real, and intimate? Tired of feeling unworthy of God's blessings because of your past? Do you wish that you could fully trust His plans and process? Listen, take a breath. I got you. On this podcast, we are going to get a lot of encouragement, biblical truth, practical tips, and real talk. They're going to help you connect with God through the best and the worst times of your life. How do I know that's possible? Because I've done it. My name is LaToya Edwards, a Christian spiritual growth mindset and life coach, and a proud single mama of four boys. And over the last two decades, I have walked through more hard stuff than I could ever tell you. But I came out of the other side with fearless faith, a close relationship with God, and a life that I enjoy. And I want to show you how to do just that. So grab a journal and a pen because we are going to get to work. Recently, somebody in our private community asked uh, an amazing question, and I thought I've got to tackle this on the podcast because I know that she is not the only one struggling with this question and wanting some guidance and an answer. So she asks, is it necessary to go to church or can I grow my faith like on my own? And man, is this not An awesome question to ask, especially coming out of the last few years where many of us have been at home, doing church from home, watching church from home. We've got all of this technology that now allows us to be able to virtually attend Bible studies and worship services and Sunday and Wednesday and all of the things. We have all this amazing technology available to us. A lot of people are wondering, like, do I even need to like physically go to church anymore because like I can watch my favorite pastor on Sunday and I can be in my word at home and I should be good to go. So I want to talk about that today on the podcast. So I'm going to, uh, I might sound a little confusing today, but I promise you I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth. So really quick, is church attendance, is church membership a requirement as a Christian, meaning do I need to do these things in order to be saved in order to go to heaven? No. Bible is clear. One thing you need to do in order to be saved, and that is believe, right? Believe that you needed a savior uh, because you cannot pay the price for your own sins, that Jesus is that savior, that he died on the cross, rose three days later, right? And your sins are forgiven. That's all you have to do. Believe. Now, that said, Does that mean that the Bible is telling us that we don't have to go to church? Nope. Actually, it says the opposite. So no, it's not a requirement as far as salvation goes. But yes, the Bible is clear that we are to be in community with one another. We are to be in fellowship with other believers. Um, And if you don't believe me, take a look for yourself. We're going to talk about a couple passages today. Um, But I, I encourage you to get out your Bible and dig in for yourself because the answer to this question is right there, plain as day. It's not hidden. It's there. I promise. So first, I want to talk about the fact that, like, let's look at Jesus. And 
as our example, because he is who we want to be more like, right? He was perfect. He was sinless. And if we are seeing Jesus do something, then we can usually take it that that's something that we should be ascribing to as well. And Jesus, um, of course, was Jewish, but he went to temple. He went to temple as a child. We have that famous story of him getting, quote unquote, lost, right? And left behind. And his parents are looking for him. But he was in temple as a child. We see him go to temple as an adult when he is like in his ministry and his years here on earth. He was in the temple, you know, taking part of that aspect of community and fellowship. We also see Jesus gathering people to him, right? We see the Sermon on the Mount is probably the most popular one in scripture, but we see him getting lots of people together or being followed by crowds. They're gathering together to hear the teaching and the preaching of Jesus. So if we are seeing Jesus participate in this because he's attending temple. We're seeing him participate in this as he is speaking to multitudes. As he is speaking to crowds of people. Why would it be any different for us in current day, technology or no technology? So yes, scripture is pretty clear that we do need to make sure that we are making a priority uh, to fellowship and gather with other believers. I just want to talk about why that is. So Going to church is not what saves you, okay? Not just like reading your Bible is not what saves you. There, we cannot like work or checklist or to-do list our way into salvation, into God's grace, into God's favor, right? It's freely given to all who believe, but it is necessary because it's how we grow. It's how we get stronger. It's how we are able to live out our calling, our purpose, our gifts, right? We are, we are not meant to live in isolation from the world. We are not meant to be in isolation from our brothers and sisters in Christ either. If you look in the book of Ephesians, I believe it's chapter four, where it talks about, Paul is talking about unity within the body of Christ. I mean, the fact that he refers to Christians as a body hints and speaks to the fact that we are all connected and that we are all necessary and that we all work together, right? You can't have a fully functioning body if you don't have an arm or you don't have a leg or you don't have a toe or, or whatever it is. But we are each given unique and specific gifts and talents and strengths that is needed in the body of Christ as a whole. So I might have the gift of administration, um, right? And my my sister in Christ that sits next to me on Sunday might have the gift of hospitality, right? She can cook, she can host people, she can make people feel welcome, but she's not really great at organizing and creating the plan. And I do not have the gift of hospitality nowhere, right? We need each other, right? I might be able to say, you know what, let me organize and create a plan and get everybody kind of in in order and in line for this event. And you just take care of what you excel at, what you shine at. Okay, so that's just one example of the importance of being in the body of Christ and fellowshipping with each other because we are meant to to fill in, you know, strengths and weaknesses. But there's also all of the one another's in the Bible, you know, pray for one another, bear one another's burdens. Um, You know, Hebrews tells us to spur each other on to good works and not to forsake, you know, gathering together. Um, The Bible is clear. We need each other. And it's really hard to pray for one another, to bear each other's burdens, to be there for one another. It's hard for us to hold each other accountable if we are not actively engaged in community and fellowship with one another. 
There's no way to know what somebody needs if you're not in regular contact with them. And the same thing goes for you. If you have a need, there's no way for your church to meet that need if they don't know about it. And so gathering together is so important. And look at and Acts when the church is being built. We see, you know, these new Christians, they are gathering together in huge groups to hear from the disciples, to hear from the apostles, their teaching, what they learn from walking with Jesus, you know, what it is that God wants to share with them about, you know, following him and what it looks like to be a Christian. They're gathering together to hear this. Are they in like a church building like we are right now? No, because that's not how they did things back then, but they still gathered together. And not only did they gather in big groups, they gathered in small groups, right? We see in Acts 2, 42, where they were breaking bread together and doing life together and sharing all that they had so that nobody lacked anything. So this community idea, this idea of fellowshipping and doing life together, it's all over scripture. And so, yes, we may have the technology that allows us to have lots of options, you know, and I'm grateful for it. Like if I'm sick or like my kids are sick or for some reason we can't get to church, I am so grateful for that live stream that we can hop on our Facebook page, we can hop on YouTube, we can hop on our church's app and we can still you know, sing the same songs that they're singing on Sunday. I can still hear the message, you know, that my pastor is preaching and I can stay, you know, up to date and all those things. That's so great. But it is not the same sitting on my couch as it is being physically with my brothers and sisters, worshiping together, praying together, praying for one another, you know, seeing how things are going with each other in in person. You know, there's really when the Bible says like when two or three are gathered that God is there, right? I mean, you gotta be with more than just you. It's really powerful. It's really amazing. And so I wanted to just kind of wrap up our time today with um, three examples in scripture of like the importance of being with a body of believers. And before I do that, I want to just side note here. I understand, and I know from experience that church hurt is real, that spiritual abuse is real, that spiritual trauma is real. I've lived that. Um, most of my life in church has been characterized by spiritual abuse and church hurt, most of it. But I still understand the importance of fellowshipping and gathering together. And I know that there are safe churches and safe people, safe pastors, safe brothers and sisters in the Christ out there if you just don't give up. I know it can be hard. I know it can be difficult. I know it can be frustrating to no end to try to find that place. But if this is something that God desires for us, he will be faithful to lead and guide you to the place that he has for you, where you can be safe, where you can be encouraged, you can be loved on, and you can find healing for those deep, deep, deep wounds that can be caused um, when we as Christians hurt each other or when somebody that's claiming to be a Christian but is not kind of wounds us almost in the name of Jesus, if you understand what I mean. So I know that all of that's real. I still am going to encourage you to do your best to find a group of people, a group of Christ followers that you can be a part of and be in community with because it's still necessary. All right. So three examples in scripture where we see the necessity and the benefit and the blessing of community. Um, number one, we see this in Exodus chapter 17 with Moses. The children of Israel are going to war and God has said, listen, Moses, as long as your arms are up, Israel will be victorious. And that's what happens. Moses holds his arms up. Israelites are victorious, but Moses is human. And so he gets tired and has to put his arms down. 
and then the enemy starts to win. And he has Aaron and her that find him a rock to sit on so that he can rest, that eventually hold, each take an arm, and help Moses hold his arms up so that the children of Israel can be victorious, right? Community, coming together, bearing each other's burdens, working together for the glory of God and for the furtherance of his kingdom. Uh, Example number two, Queen Esther. Uh, we know the story, right? Haman plots to get rid of all the Jews. Mordecai goes to Esther and says, listen, you are in a position where you can do something about this. And she's like, okay, but is she like run off on her own? Nope. She gets all her ladies around and she says, listen, we're going to fast and we're going to pray because God is calling me to this big thing. And I know that I need like strength. I need guidance. I need wisdom for this to happen. And so they all fast and pray together. And right. God does great, wonderful things. Power of community power of fellowship my third example is in the new testament and it is the story of the friends that have so much faith that they tear the roof off of this house where jesus is and lower their friend in front when they can't find another way to get in okay that friend would not have received their healing if his other friends had not been there doing life with him seeing him struggle hearing about this man named Jesus that was healing and doing great things and working together to get him there, right? I mean, like, how crazy is that? Oh, I know, I'll just take somebody's roof off their house so my friend can get what he needs. But we see that, right? We see the power of community, the power of fellowship, the power of not doing life alone. And I mean, even Jesus is that example. He went to temple, right? He had his dudes, right? His 12 dudes that were his inner circle. He spoke and and taught and preached to crowds and multitudes and thousands and thousands of people. It's necessary. It is how, it's not how we get, it's not how we get saved. Like our salvation is not in that, but it is so nurturing and good for our souls. It's how we grow. It's how we learn about ourselves. It's how we learn about more about who God is. It's how we're able to serve because we're not saved like for ourselves. Our salvation is not meant to be selfish. Like we are, we become disciples so that we can then go out and make more disciples. And you got to be involved in your community with other believers, with the same mindset, the same mission, the same focus in order to see that happen effectively. So if you've been wondering, is church necessary? I hope that this podcast answered that question for you. And if you ever want to ask me a question, you can go to my website, latoyaedwards.net slash podcast. And you scroll all the way to the bottom. There's a little orange button there. You can leave me a voicemail and ask me a question or hop on over to our free community. And I'm always answering questions over there. And I'd love to see you there. I hope you are blessed and encouraged by today's podcast. I pray it inspires you to draw closer to God. If so, would you stop and share this episode right now with someone that you know that needs to grow their faith and get closer to God? And it would also be a huge blessing to me if you could leave a five-star rating and review in your podcast player. It helps more women like you to find the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. And remember, sometimes life just plain sucks, but God is always there with you fighting for you. So be fearless and live your bold and courageous life.